Hope everyone is enjoying their holiday season. Merry Christmas, everyone. Greg Swantek here with you. Welcome into the Final Score podcast. And uh, Dean Rose, uh, kind enough to stop by uh, during this holiday week. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, Greg? I'm, I'm well. Did you have a nice Christmas? Very nice. How about yourself? I, I, I can't complain. I, I, it's, it's always a nice get-together with the family. Lots of nice gifts are exchanged. Uh, did, did you get anything nice in particular? Or did you get what you asked for, pretty much? Or? Absolutely. I got some real, real nice gifts. Had my kids in town for Christmas, so... Had a real good Christmas and looking forward to a great New Year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can't. It's hard to believe it's 2020 almost. So, and uh, it was 50 some degrees today here in Frederick. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think I think we're heading north of that uh, this weekend too. That's what I, I, I hear think, on I think Saturday. It's be yeah, close to 60 degrees. So, unseasonable weather uh, here at the at the end of December. Uh, Dean, uh, you you may know him as a former uh, assistant coach at Oakdale. Uh, I always turned to him uh, uh, to, to get the stats because he always had them uh, ready to go on his uh, tablet uh, at, at the end of the game. So a lot of the stats uh, that that you saw in, in our paper uh, are accurate and they're courtesy of Dean uh, for all his uh, hard work. And uh, boys, boys basketball in the county is a real passion of yours, isn't it? It really is. It has been really long before I even coached. I attended a lot of the games, particularly my my children were in the Urbana school district. So I spent a lot of time at Urbana basketball uh, even before I started coaching there and just enjoyed high school basketball. I've been had a passion for high school basketball for as long as I can remember. Um, tell the tell the story about when I met my wife, our second date was a high school basketball tournament. How, how did she let you drag her to a high school basketball tournament? Well, as, as the story goes, we were sitting at the tournament, and she said, did you go to any of these schools? And I said, no. And she said, do you know anyone that goes to any of these schools? And I said, no. And she said, then what are we doing here? Yeah, how, how did you not get dumped on, on, on the spot? Well, she knew what she was getting into from the second date. Okay. And this was a tournament in West Virginia where they would always have two of the best teams in West Virginia versus two teams from outside the area, but typically very good teams. And in this case, one of the teams was Simeon High School out of Philadelphia. Okay. And one of the players was Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, right. He played so that's at, why I was there. He played it. was it Gratz, Simon Gratz? Yes. Yeah, right. So that was, that was the reason I was there to see him play and... I just have always loved high school basketball, and it's uh, it's very it's 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 really driven in West Virginia. It's a big event. Their high school tournament draws about thirteen thousand people during that week when they bring in their three. They bring in uh, eight teams from every division and play it out during the week. They sell out. So I've always really enjoyed high school basketball and the the passion behind it. So when I came up here. Uh, just got involved with it, got involved with coaching little kids and uh, played on the side in some adult leagues. And I actually played with John Cooper. You did. And we both worked for State Farm Insurance and we we played some pickup basketball together. And when uh, Terry Connolly came back to Urbana to begin coaching again, he was putting together a staff and John Cooper asked me to to come in. And what, what were you thinking at the time? Well, I didn't. I didn't know Terry at all. Uh, I had not had had not had the opportunity to see him coach because he had been an assistant coach at Hood. Uh, Silas Chung was the coach at Urbana at the time when I was going to games. Right. And then when Silas moved over to St. John's, Terry came back, and I had never met Terry, and uh, found out right away from the very first practice 
that he was old school and um, but uh, learned uh, just an enormous amount from him. And uh, one of the biggest things I learned, you know, at first you get a little shocked about his disciplinarian, his he can he can be tough. But what you learn is that kids really crave structure and discipline and they appreciate it. You know, the old story about they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And he really shows kids that he cares about them. Did you know his background at all? I mean, being the basketball fan that you are, did you know that he was on Richmond's team that upset Syracuse at Coalfield House in the NCAA tournament? I did. I did. I, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I had also known him from his, matter of fact, I followed WVIAC basketball in West Virginia when he actually played at Shepherd. Okay. And he was quite a player at Shepherd. I mean, it's pretty amazing. If you go down to Shepherd, he is still in the top 10 in, I think, scoring, rebounding, he was quite a player as a freshman and a sophomore at Shepherd before he decided to transfer to Richmond. Right. So you knew of the so, man before. So I you... knew him. I knew him as a player. Right. Then and then I heard more stories about the 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 passion and the desire and the work ethic. So then you found out how he got so good and, and why he was such a good coach very quickly. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Then he introduced me to Coach Dickman. So I got more stories from Coach Dickman about just Terry's work ethic and passion. Right. You said you started at Urbana and then migrated to Oakdale. I was going to ask what turned you over to the dark side, uh, so to speak. But it was Terry, though. You, you followed Terry over to Oakdale, right? I did. I followed Terry. What's, what's interesting about that is when I left Urbana, my son was a rising varsity basketball player at Urbana. Okay. And, and, and John Cooper was, was taking over as the coach, your, your, your colleague and, and, and friend. Too. That's right. Yeah. So my son played for John Cooper for two years while we were getting the uh, program at Oakdale started. And my son actually was kind of happy that he wasn't going to have his dad coaching. Is, is, coaching. That, is that why you did it or were there other reasons too? Um, I was excited by the opportunity. And several of the kids that I coached, I was the head freshman coach and assistant coach at Urbana. So several of those freshmen were going over to Oakdale to start the program. Okay, so you knew the kids, yeah. So I was kind of excited to go with them. Right. I was really excited. I, I had a really good relationship with one of the kids that played for me as a freshman was a Kevin Hine. And I just... I was excited with the prospect. Also, I had I, I knew what was coming in the eighth grade class that was coming up for us at Oakdale. So I was excited to coach those kids. And I had talked to Terry a lot because Terry started the Urbana program. So I knew what was going to be in, you know, be involved with that. Um, and he was the staff he built was a lot of us had relationships from previously. Uh, Tim Summers, who he played with at TJ, uh, was coming over too. And so it was just a, it was a lot of it friendships and an opportunity to start something from scratch that we really thought we could, we could do something special. And then the fact that I think it was time to let my son not be under me at practice every day and just let him play. And I knew he was going to have great coaching from Coach Cooper. Yeah, but was Coop saying, hey, stay here, I, I need you here? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there was, was part of that that Coop would have liked me to stay. Uh, but he had uh, Pat Gwynn stayed on with him, so he had some he had some great coaches that 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 stayed with him. And then eventually Pat Gwynn actually came over and coached our JV team at Oakdale after a couple of years. So um, so it was a great it was it was uh, it was just a great experience, great opportunity, and just uh, loved the opportunity to start a program like that and work with Terry. 
Right. Now you recently stepped away. I mean, how how hard was that decision for you? It was it was a difficult decision. Um I had I had actually always planned Terry and I had kind of talked that we were kind of going to go out together. Right. And then some uh, family issues and some health issues kind of expedited Terry leaving maybe sooner than he really wanted to. And uh, after, at that time, after 12 years, my wife kind of got the bug in her ear. Maybe it might be a good time for me to step away too. And we could have some freedom during that time of year. Because yeah, because people don't realize the time commitment that this is. I, I don't think anybody that hasn't done it at that level really understands the commitment that's and, and, necessary. And they're, and they're not doing it, as we pointed out before, they're not doing it for the money either because you're making pennies on the dollar as, 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 a, as, a, as a, a varsity high school coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the varsity high school coach, the stipend that they get, yeah, it's 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 way it's, below it's way below minimum, minimum wage. wage right? <laughs> yeah, right. For for the, mean, for the hours you're putting in and, and some of the headaches you have to deal with and stuff like that, it, it's 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 not enough money for some people. Plus so. the things they host for kids, lunches, dinners, things like that. They yeah. they more than spend uh, the stipend. And if you look down the bench, you know now in Frederick County, the only people that receive a stipend are the JV head coach and the varsity head coach. So all the other guys that are on the bench are doing it for free. They're right. doing it because they love working with those yeah, students. Yeah, it's a labor. It's a labor of love. It really is. And if you, if you, I sat down one time. Uh, people were laughing about. I, you were talking about the stats and the data, and I love to watch film. I'm, I love to scout, and I, I, I tracked it one season where I was spending between thirty and thirty-five hours a week. Yeah, because because what people don't realize is it's it's a labor of love just to do the job. If you want to be good. And, and actually have a good team that that's a whole nother level and a whole nother level of commitment too. It is. And you get an attachment to these players that you're asking them to give you everything they've got. In addition to their family life, their school life, their social life, you feel like that you owe it to them to give them everything you've got. And I, and I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I, I it, it wasn't just, that but I, I enjoyed it I got a lot out of it the competitive nature that I have from past past sports we all talk about that kind of soothing your competitive nature but I really enjoy the relationship that you get you get with the the players and then I I had no qualms about sitting at night and watching film and scouting teams and doing the stats and and just helping our kids get prepared. And, and what I loved working with Terry and the other coaches that we have, it's not just about basketball either. We we really try to raise, help raise good people. And I'm, I think by and large, that's one of the most rewarding things is when my, my office is in Middletown and every once in a while I'll have one of our former players will stop in and just visit. Yeah. And, and it's, that's, that's, yeah, you know, that's pretty neat. Uh, you know, I mean, Mike Jarbo was on our very, he was a senior on our very first team at Urbana and he's the head coach at Urbana. Right. Uh, so that's, that, that's pretty neat. Players like Frankie Jarbo married two kids. You know, you think about things like that. Yeah. You're, that's you're, pretty you're, neat. You're invited to the weddings. It, it, it's a really lifelong connection you make with a lot of people. Well, so. I, have, I have several of them. I'm, I'm, you know, they use me as a reference for jobs and things like that. And I, I really appreciate that. Have you gotten anyone else? In, have you gotten anyone else into the insurance uh, business, Dean? 
I have not. I've been contacted. Uh, the, seems like the the big thing now is they're all getting into the finance business. Ah, right. I got I got several players now working in the finance industry, which is great and good for them. And I've served as reference for references for them, and uh, excited for them as they start their careers. And we just we just been very fortunate to have some great families, great kids, and then Terry takes great time in surrounding himself with great assistant coaches and then he empowers those coaches and gives them a lot of credit and that that's something I think that also keeps you on board is that when that head coach is so often crediting the other coaches on that bench that really and then then it you get it from the parents you get it from the players but when the head coach is giving you a lot of the credit for the work that you're doing, it really makes it worthwhile. One such person is Brandon Long, who uh, took over for Terry as Oakdale's head coach and who you helped out last season. And that and that was the reason is that um, I, I, I'll toot my own horn. I kind of had a part in bringing Brandon over to Oakdale because when I was the freshman coach at Urbana, I played against Brandon every year. He was the freshman coach at Brunswick. Right. So we played against each other every year, and I was always impressed with how hard his kids played. He didn't, at Brunswick, being a single-A school, they were often calling freshmen up to play on varsity, just to field a team. So he wasn't often left with maybe the best freshman talent, but they always played hard and they always knew how to play. So I was always impressed with Brandon as both a coach and a person. So when we started the freshman program at Oakdale, I tried to get him to come over, and he wasn't really interested in doing a lateral coming over to do that. But then when the JV job opened up, I reached out to him again, and he spoke to Terry and decided to come over and work with us, and it's, it was a great opportunity for him. And, and more exposure, I think it's great that he got to work with Coach McLean over at Brunswick because he's a long-term great coach and then getting to come and work under Terry really expanded his vision and the way he coaches and then when Terry and and I think that was really for Oakdale that was very fortunate and great situation and that Brandon was there because that happened pretty quickly I mean that wasn't something that was planned so that happened pretty quickly. So it was great to have Brandon right there. He had coached those kids, particularly the kids that were coming up from JV last year. And then he asked me if I'd be willing to stay on for one more yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you and Terry had talked about going out together, but but did you feel some sense of obligation to Brandon when he took over to stay on for one more year? I did. And, and, and I have to admit, it kind of shocked me too. Terry and I had talked over the summer, and he was debating wh- whether what he was going to do. Um, but I wasn't quite ready yet. I wasn't quite yeah. ready to hang it up yet. So I think it was good for me that it gave me one more year to kind of get it out of my system. Right. And, um, so Brandon had asked me if I would stay on at least for one more year and help the transition, um, as they transitioned over to him. And I was more than glad to do that. Like I said, I, I felt like I needed one more year to kind of really feel like I was ready. I mean, I'm, I miss the players and I'm, I admit I still stop by practices now and then, and yeah, um, and I've been to been to a couple of their games, and I've watched them all on film, <laughs> but uh, uh, I still have a, a, a I really have a lot of passion for those those kids he has playing for him right now, and he's got some really really good young men on that team, and Brandon's doing a great job. One thing I'm always impressed with Brandon is he co- he teaches at Oakdale Middle School, and 
I can't tell you how many of those kids that are now in high school are always coming up to Coach Long, Coach Long, Coach Long. He's really built a good relationship through teaching with kids at the middle school that when they come up to the high school, they're already familiar with Coach Long. I think that says a lot for the way we're able to build our fan base. I think we're seeing we, we've had some good crowds for early in the year so far at all the games. At the, Tusc- at the Tuscarora game at Tuscarora, was a great crowd early in the year. And um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of interest in basketball this season. I don't think there's really one team that, that might jump out at you. So I think there's some parity there, and I think uh, there's been some really good games already. Do you feel the transition from Terry to Brandon was about as seamless as it could possibly be? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, kept most of the coaching staff intact. Um, so it, it, I thought it was really as well as it could be done that that was really and I and you got to give you got to give coach Connolly a lot of credit for that because he was extremely supportive of the whole once he made his decision he was extremely supportive of the process he was always there to lend advice if asked but he didn't like hang around and be that shadow over top of the program he let Brandon be Brandon and let Brandon begin the long the Brandon Long program so he couldn't ask to uh, succeed a better coach and have a better mentor. So it was it was it was a great year to transition, and it yeah it couldn't have been more seamless. Yeah, I didn't think Terry would uh, intrude or sort of overshadow what he had just left at Oakdale, but but I couldn't see him staying away either. Like I I have a hard time seeing Terry just sitting in the stands and not not being more involved than just just a casual observer of basketball. So, I mean, he, he, he doesn't strike me as someone that could just do that, but, but he, he, he did it last year though. So. Yeah. He, he's still kind of a sounding board because he teaches at Oakdale high school. Right. So he still has a relationship with a lot of, a lot of the kids. And I obviously still shares his passion and what's necessary with those kids to get better. So I think he's without being on the bench, he's just another assistant in yeah. the program right there in the building and helps those kids understand what it's going to take to get better and be a part of the program. And then, uh, he's again, he's still there to, to lend the advice. Um, I personally don't think he's done. I think he's still got he'll, he'll, so much yeah. passion for the game. He'll jump back in at some point eventually. When at the, when the right point, opportunity comes up. Will it be in Frederick County, do you think, or could it be outside Frederick County? I think it could be outside Frederick County. It really depends on uh, his situation with his family. I know in a few years his son will be graduate from high school, and it'll have a lot to do where 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 he ends up going. And so, but I I mean I could I could see Terry being an I could see Terry being an incredible asset at a college program if if that opportunity came up. Right. He still has. I mean, you. I, I got to see it because because of the way the summer leagues happen, fall leagues, that type of thing. The current head coach isn't allowed to coach, so Terry and I coached at two of the tournaments uh, this year. And you, I mean, he's still passionate, passionate about the game, passionate about the players, loves loves those kids, and uh, just really enjoys the game. So you can you can. I, I was kidding him after we we coached. Uh, Hood puts on a mixer tournament and i said you're not done you're not done yeah but you're not done either because are are you prepared to jump back in dean because you know if terry jumps back in your your phone's gonna ring and and uh he's gonna say hey dean here we here we go i i I need you are are you prepared to jump back in 
You know, it's funny that you said that because that's actually the only qualifier my wife put on this whole situation. That once I stepped away, she did qualify that if Terry ever went back to coaching, you could go back. Okay. That, that and we have a great relationship with his wife Kelly, and uh, just it's just it's a real family atmosphere with Oakdale basketball with the with the wives and the and the. We several of them have small children and having those kids around and getting together. And so she kind of put that qualifier that she said, OK, you can go back if Terry goes back. And if yeah, that opportunity I, I happened in the I, county, I can't see you staying away either if, if Terry got another uh, gig going. So I, I have to admit that if, if Terry got another gig in Frederick County, I would be definitely open. And to Frederick, what if it's what if it's what if it's Montgomery County? Or or Howard County or something like that. something to think about. Or? It, it would be it would be something to think about. My my issue is and when I and this is one reason I stepped away too, is that if I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah. I I don't I think other than illness or a family commitment in 13 years, I can probably count on two hands how many practices I missed, which means being at the school at 2:30 every day and on times when i was there was a stretch where i was assistant varsity coach helping out with jv and head freshman coach so i'd be there from two thirty to nine o'clock at night but that's that's just me as far as coaching if i'm in i'm all in i i'm not a half in and that's that's kind of what i even shared with brandon when it was time for me to step away he said oh stay on and just you know bench coach and I said, you know what, I I just, if I'm in, I like to be all in. And so I think it's better right now if I just step away, take a break, spend some time getting, my, I, have, I have a son who now works and lives in South Carolina, I have an opportunity to go and visit him. My wife and I haven't yeah, really been I, on a vacation. I'm going to ask you about that in, 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 in a few minutes here, you, your son's situation, because it sounds pretty neat, and <laughs> it sounds opportunistic for you uh, uh, coming up too. It so, is, it is. Yeah. Um, we're talking to Dean Rose, a longtime assistant coach and observer of uh, basketball here in Frederick County. It's the holiday time of year. It's it's tournament season, uh, so to speak. Normally, you guys, normally you with, with Oakdale would be at the Governor's Challenge down at Salisbury, and just t- tell us what that tournament is like because there, there's so many teams there. You you play so many games. Just what what's what's the scene like down in Salisbury during this time of year? It really is a great experience for the players to get to go away and, and in our case, spend a night or two, depending on going over to Salis- Salisbury and spending a night or two together and coming together. And in, and in reality, they're games that they don't count against your record, against seeding. Right. But it gives you an opportunity to test yourself against teams that you would never have the opportunity to play in any other, often teams from outside of our region or, or some sometimes some of the better teams in Maryland. It gives you an opportunity to test. There's 130 teams there this uh, yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a madhouse of basketball down there. And they, they set up the Civic Center there with two college-sized full courts. So it's a great experience for the kids. There, there are a few. Uh, it is basketball season, obviously, for college too. But some of the colleges send some send some coaches there. So it's a good opportunity for kids and, to get some exposure that might not normally and get it's it. Spread over several sites, right? You got the Civic Center. You got the 
university, I guess, to ho- host some games too? Uh, Wacomico High School hosts yeah. some games. Okay. Uh, but every team is guaranteed a minimum of one game in the Civic Center. Okay. If you, if you win your semifinal game and get to the championship game, you'll play there twice. But uh, it's a great experience for the kids, and, it, and it's a great team building because the kids get like it's like, said, it's like a road it's like a road trip. You're, it is. You're, you're in the hotel. You have to have the structure of being away from home and stuff like that. So, and it, and it's not while while obviously you go there to win, it's also an opportunity. Like I said, to team build and have an experience. And we've got we've had great stories and a lot of fun and a lot of laughter. And it's kind of a nice break around the holidays. But the parent a lot of the parents go. Um, and it, it's you get to see and you also get to see there's the, this year in particular there's a lot of some of the big time private programs coming in from Philadelphia and New York the word has really spread on the governor's challenge it's a lot bigger than what used to be the governor's challenge of the Delaware Maryland kind of thing it's really exploded and there's some first class talent there uh, that you can go watch and enjoy if you're like myself you're I kind I kind of gave a thought of driving up and catching a few games. Right, of but, course. Because there, there's some really good talent there if, yeah. you, if you want to go Yeah, watch. and the idea is you challenge yourself, right? Because especially if it doesn't count against your your record, well, why go down there and, and beat up on a bunch of teams you're, you're supposed to beat up on? You want, you, want, you want to play teams that will probably beat you and, and kind of make yourself better, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's, again, going back to Coach Connolly, that's something he always stressed in our summer leagues, our uh, summer mixer tournaments, he used to call ahead and say, I want to play as good as you got to test my kids. And we said the same thing every year that we went to the Governor's Challenge. We were playing City, Patterson, Edmondson. We were always playing, trying to play the best of the best every year well, we well, went what's, there. What's the, what's the point of not doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an opportunity to expose your kids to that style of play and understand what it's going to take, in this case, to get to Xfinity. So when you see that kind of player and you get to play on the big court and you understand for the rest of the season, for January and February, the work you're going to need to put in to get better. Now, sometimes, some, hey, there were days we went up, there were years we went up there and we, we beat some good teams. But we also sometimes didn't come out on the right end of it, but we learned a lot from that experience and often, well, not often, always we were a better team when we came out of there. And by February, March, it had really paid off for us. All right. You coached uh, Zach Thomas, who's now playing professional basketball uh, overseas. What was it like working with Zach and sort of seeing his rise through the ranks at Oakdale and then at Bucknell playing in the NCAA tournament and, and now watching him uh, uh, play in the NBA Summer League and, and, and sort of overseas? Yeah, it, it it was just Zach. Zach and his family are as a good of good a family as you'd ever have the opportunity to work with. And Zach's brother went to Urbana, so his, so his brother played to, for us. Kyle yeah. Kyle played for us at Urbana, so we really had a good relationship. Eric and Maureen Thomas, mom and dad. Maureen, because when Zach came in, he started the program as a freshman. So Maureen Thomas was our team mom for four straight years. So she put in a lot of effort, and a lot of work for us. But getting to watch Zach develop and of course when you have a player like that you'd been hearing about Zach and honestly since the sixth grade yeah you you had heard what kind of player he was because as a sixth grader he was on the seventh grade team as a seventh grade player he was on the eighth grade team and played two years on the eighth grade team and 
what was great for Zach is he uh, not late bloomer, but he didn't he didn't really grow until late middle school. So he played point guard coming up in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So he had an ability to handle the basketball, shoot from the outside. So when that growth spurt inevitably came, then you have a power forward that could handle the ball. Yeah. He was he was a tough matchup for just about anybody as he's proven throughout his career that uh, and he was a quiet led by example so he was kind of the perfect mix for our team because we had we had him who who led by example uh, during that same time period we had Clay Connor who is the hardest working basketball player ever I've ever seen son of Rick Connor the Ligonor football coach that's right and so Clay was Clay was the hardest working player I've ever seen. He went on to Shippensburg and I think broke every physical fitness record that the basketball team has. I, I, I don't doubt it. And was amazing. And then, like I said, you had Zach who just went out every night and every practice and did his job. And then we also had, I think I'd mentioned him earlier, we had Kevin Hine who uh, went on to college, got a college degree, and is now an officer in the Marines. So great leader. Couldn't ask for a better group of kids to start we could not have had a better group of kids and families to start a program. Was Colin Schley? Was, was was there a Schley on that? On there wasn't. There wasn't a Schley on okay. that. Corey Schley came along okay. after Zach's senior. After they graduated. Okay. After after they graduated, Corey actually played on varsity as a sophomore. After after Zach graduated. Right. Uh, Corey was on JV the senior year. Zach's senior year, but it, it great experience to get to follow. That's something else we're very fortunate when these kids go on to college to get to go to Shippensburg games and Bucknell games and Shepherd games and Hood games and see these kids play. And of course, it was a thrill of a lifetime to get to go see Zach play NIT two years in the NCAA tournament, then get to see him play in the NBA Summer League, uh, and you, now in Italy. It, it's just, it's can you believe he fouled? He, can you believe he fouled out of his last game at Bucknell? No, um, of course I'm biased. Right, I was watching, and they yeah, couldn't. They it, couldn't. He, it, 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 it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great call. Uh, yeah, he 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 kind of got shafted. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He did. And even even Tom Izzo after the game said we couldn't guard that kid, and because they asked him what was the problem, what happened, he said, well, we couldn't guard that 23. And that was Zach, who had just basically given it to him for right. a good portion and, and of the game. And who was the Patriot League Player of the Year that year for absolutely for, uh, for, for, for Bucknell? So yeah, and in all, and all, uh, lots of people take it for granted that they, th- and he was they they think of Zach as an incredibly talented player, and they miss out on how much work he put in, how hard he worked. He you know, him and Clay closed the gym down all the time. Uh, they were constantly, even in college, during this time of year, you could go to Oakdale or Linganore's gym, and there would be Zach Thomas and Clay Connor working out. Yeah, and that, that's that's just the kind of kids they right. were. And so it sometimes you look at Zach and think, wow, he was super talented, but you miss out. And a lot of players, you you forget what's going on behind the scenes. Right. And he was an incredibly hard worker and it's, it's paying off for him. Um, he's, he's doing, he's having a very good season in he's Italy. Over in Italy right, he's yeah. in Italy and in, in one of the upper leagues now in Italy. So he's, he, and he had, he really had an opportunity through some, 
through some good fortune in the summer league this year, he kind of just got in a game with, I think, eight minutes to go, and he lit it up. And the, the coach is like, hey, maybe we should be playing this kid more. And the last couple games of summer league, he played a lot, and uh-huh. he really showed what he could do. Are we going to see him in the NBA one day? He could, he could, uh, he could play now. If 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 he was willing maybe to be a role player or be at the end of the yeah, bench, come off the bench, right? I think he he could do it now. I think he's had those opportunities. You know, that's a tough life to the two way contract where you're bouncing back and forth between the G League and the NBA, and that's a tough life. And it, it's a and also a lot of people may or may not know Zach, very smart unbelievably smart kid he 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 didn't get in bucknell just because he was a basketball player yeah, he, like, he got on bucknell because yeah, he's I, a straight a student i said zach what your major is like biochemical chemistry biochemical engineering. engineering right yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's that's no uh basket weaving 101 major there so. yeah some of his projects he actually had a hand in developing some health related products that we're probably going to see in hospitals not that too long not too long from now and he's he is extremely bright kid and uh, I think uh, the European experience, he's kind of the perfect kid for that. He takes it in. He, en- he enjoys the experience of being over there. So he's kind of the perfect kid for that. And he knows he's there to develop his game. And uh, there's, there's, there might be an opportunity for him. He made, he made uh, an impression when he played on the Rockets Summer League this year. He really did. I've, I, have the, I have the good fortune of I'm—, I'm I wouldn't say we're friends, but I have a relationship with the head basketball coach at Marshall University, and his name is Dan D'Antoni. His brother, Mike D'Antoni, is the head coach of the Rockets. So we actually talked about Zach, and he was he was impressed in kind of the same way that they didn't know a lot about him. They knew he was a Patriot League player. They knew he'd played on the Jazz Summer League team the year before, but he hadn't gotten a lot of opportunity. But they were impressed that when he got the opportunity, and this is important, that he was ready. He, you know, he, he sat for several games in the summer league, and a lot of a lot of players would allow that to. Well, here I go again. I'm not going to get my opportunity. Well, Zach was ready. Zach gave it everything he had in every practice, and when he got called on, he was ready to show him what he had. So I think they were really impressed with that. Talking to Dean Rose, a longtime former Oakdale assistant uh, and observer of basketball here in Frederick County. You guys went down to Comcast Center three times? uh, A total uh, of five uh, times in in our nine years. In in, in nine years. And, of course, the first two years we were freshmen and sophomores only, so – Right, uh, we we gave it a good run. We had we had good seasons. We we never finished below five hundred. We had great records, but we didn't get there. So really, out of those seven years of having a senior class, uh, we went we went four times, and then again last year yeah. we went again yeah. after Coach Conley and, had stepped away. And that semifinal hurdle is just really really tough. So it it is. I think what a lot of people don't understand is when you're coming out of Frederick County, when you get to Comcast, that's that's a heck of an accomplishment and when you get there you are often facing teams and and this isn't to disparage the way it works but say the example in baltimore city and baltimore county is those schools have open enrollment so those kids can move from school to school and you'll see entire aau basketball teams decide to go to one school so together stay together right so i mean a, a perfect example is the patterson team last year that was AAU teammates. They they all decided we're going to go to Patterson this year. 
The year before, that was Lake Clifton. You see, it's funny, I, I follow basketball on some of the talk forums on the Baltimore Sun, and the Baltimore Sun actually publishes an entire article on transfers because that's that's common practice in Baltimore and kids going from one school to the other. You know, this year, Patterson graduated four of their five starters. The fifth starter transferred out to what he perceived would be a better team. He how transferred do, to Lake Clifton. How do they get around the rules? Well, in that, in that case, in Baltimore City, because of the issues that they have with some of the schools, they just allow open enrollment. If you can get yourself to that school... Okay. You can transfer to any school, uh, and the basketball programs seem, take seem, advantage of that. That doesn't seem fair to the rest of the programs around the state, though. Well, and I and I think people need to understand that that when we when we win a region championship, that's a big deal. That's a that that that's a big deal. And we we don't go to go to Xfinity or Comcast expecting to lose. We go there to play a champion, play for a championship. But we also understand what we're up against that you can look on these teams and there will be three or four transfers from uh, that you faced. I mean, when we, when we went and played Potomac, the year we made it to the state championship game against Potomac, we were playing against a kid that we had played against the year before when we played Edmondson. Was was that the game where they bled the shot clock? Um, Edmund, down, Edmondson down? was the game where they held the ball. They held the ball almost the entire fourth quarter, the whole first overtime, the whole second overtime, and then they scored in the third overtime and won. Okay, but that I like to think that 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 kind of started really started in full throttle the conversation about bringing a shot clock to Maryland. Because that game got a lot of, it even got a little bit of national publicity because of the fact that they just stood out there with the ball on their hip. And well, yeah, well, how aggravating was that? Well, we felt like we had really prepared, and I think after after really after three quarters, they knew we were there to win, and we had every opportunity to do it. It was sort of a sign of respect too. On on oh, some abso- level, absolutely. you could take it that way. Like, hey, if we if we don't hold the ball here, we we might not win this game. So. Which which kind which kind of threw the whole theory of not having a shot clock on its head because they used to always say we're not going to have a shot clock because we want the lesser teams to be able to compete. But in reality, having a shot clock allows all teams to compete because you can play a variety of defenses, you can mix it up. If there's no shot clock in that case, we were backing off because we knew we could not play that team 94 feet. Right. So we were backing off and playing kind of a pack line defense, they, they call it. We, we called it 10, but we were playing pack line defense, packed inside the three-point line, and that stops drivers, which is a big part of those teams' game. And if you, if you can rebound and you force some tough shots and get the rebound, you can really play with those teams. Well, they, they recognized that, and once the game got tied, they held it. And they they just they were willing to hold it each period till the last shot, take a last shot. If they didn't get it, then then we'd move right. on to the next period. Yeah, so. I, I'm guessing Zach's the best player you've ever coached. Uh, who's the best player you've ever coached against? Wow. Did you coach against Joe Alexander at all? No, never coached against Joe Alexander. Got to see him play in college when he was at West Virginia. Uh, in person, heck of a heck of a player, and another another great example because I knew people who coached Joe, and again, talented guy, unbelievable work ethic, work ethic, 
That, that's how he exploded on the scene. He was truly a late bloomer. That's how he ended up at West Virginia. So, good example. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of. It's really hard because I've been, I've been, I've had the good fortune of coaching Zach Thomas and Colin Schley. As far as seeing kids play live, those are the two best players I've seen in my 13 years. Okay, they're 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 the two best. Okay, basketball players that I've seen in this county in my 13 years. Did Did you always know Colin was going to go to football, or did you think that he had a chance to play basketball in college too? I I, th- I thought we had a we had a chance uh, to see him play 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 basketball because he's he's so unbelievably talented at basketball. Uh, but I and it, it's it's always a long shot. But I think he got a really strong relationship with the current head coach at Kent State. Was the quarterback coach at Syracuse, and that was the quarterback camps that Colin went to growing up, and they really got a strong bond strong relationship and i think he he told colin that you know you could be a top-notch division one quarterback if you if you listen you've got the talents you yeah. have the arm you got you've got something that is you know, key in quarterbacking right now with with speed he can run uh, you know so they had a really good relationship that there was built over years and years and years so it was hard for a basketball coach to come in and and build that relationship with Colin, I know that uh, uh, Jamian from Mount St. Mary's when he was at South, Mount St. Mount St. Mary's had worked yeah. hard with Colin, and uh, Mount St. Mary's had offered him. Right. Uh, matter of fact, they offered him because we had talked to him about Zach, and they didn't. And they said, "Well, we're not making that mistake." Again. Yeah, they didn't want to get burned twice yeah. in their own backyard. When you, when you here, tell so. when you tell us this kid can play, we we're going to believe you because we right. found out the hard way. Yeah, well, I I, th- I think Collins an even better football player. I, I'm I'm not just oh he's what, an what, amazing what, football what, player. What do you say about basketball? I mean, he's a fantastic basketball player, but I think he's an even better quarterback than he is a basketball. player. Well, his his six three, and I I heard recently that he's up near two oh five. Yeah, he's, and they're, he's, they're, he's filling out a little. Yeah, more. he's getting in that college weight program, redshirting this year. He, if he, if he, he has potential. He's got, he's got the tools. Yeah, Kurt, to probably take football further than he could have. Yeah, Kurt, basketball. Kurt Stein says he has the arm talent to play on Sundays. I, and I don't, I don't doubt that. I and I, th- I think the coach from Kent State basically shared that. I mean, said if you know, if there's a lot of variables, right. but. I think it's certainly he has the opportunity to take football further than basketball. I, I don't think he was going to be an NBA right. talent, but he could have been a really good college basketball player. I, I have no doubt that he could have gone to GW um, and some of the other places that, that had that had offered him. Bucknell had offered GW, Mount St. Mary's. He would have been a very good college probably, basketball probably, player. And, and probably gotten in the lineup right away, too. Oh, I, I, yeah. We saw we got to see Colin playing just some pickup at the end of the year last year, and he he'd gotten better. I mean, he his athleticism. It's funny the the weight program that Kent State had sent him to get on before he got to school, I think was already paying dividends as far as his athleticism. So yeah, oh absolutely, he'd have been a contributor right away for some of those basketball programs. But yeah, he he's he's an amazing football player and. Uh, I think he's going to get an opportunity at Kent State. I think that coach up there 
has shown that he plays the best player. The, the, the kid that was a record-breaking quarterback last year got beat out this year. I mean, so so that coach up there plays the best player. And, and they won a bowl game, too. They did. Yeah. First time in history. Right. So uh, they went on, a, I think it was a five-game win streak to qualify for a bowl, which is pretty amazing, and then went on to win their bowl game. So uh, exciting times for Kent State, and I'm sure Collins looking forward to getting this. I'm sure Collins looking forward to getting the red shirt year behind him. Right, and, get, and, and getting get, on the field. get right, on the field yeah. in spring practice and be ready to prepare. Right, talking to Dean Rose, let's, let's take a look at the county basketball scene this season. Last Friday we had a game between uh, – Oakdale and Middletown, one by one by uh, Oakdale, and uh, the way I look at it, those seem like the two best teams. A- am I wrong? Well, I I don't think there's any doubt that Oakdale's going to be one of the best teams. They 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 have one thing that all high schools would love to have, which they have depth. They could play ten. They can go ten deep this year, and that's and the style that they are trying to play. We always played fast. This year they are trying to play even faster, and that that benefits them because they can go 10 deep, and they're hoping to wear down opponents by pressing, running on offense, and playing even faster than they ever have before, Um, and and spread the distribution of points and talent is going to be a little more little more spread out as the season goes on. Yeah, right e- now, e- Tommy e- Kelly is... E- Ethan Reefer, Tommy Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Th- they've got some talented kids, but they've got some talented kids from 1 through 10. I mean, they, they really do. It, it, it's I know that Brandon had a hard time coming up with his starting lineup this year. I mean, there, yeah. there's some good players on that team. So they don't have a Zach Thomas, they don't have a Colin Schley, but, but, but they don't have a weakness either. In score, I would say their weakness is their size. Okay, they they are not a big team. Okay, um, they 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 start they start a young man by the name of Jackson Mead that played for us last year. He's their their biggest player. He's probably six three, two twenty, playing the center position. And then you drop down to Ethan Reefer, who's about six feet tall. Now he plays bigger than that. High energy kid, and just you know, again another great leader. But they are not large. They are not big. So they want to play fast, and they their weakness would be offensive rebounding. They they got to make sure they rebound. They got to beat teams to loose balls. They they got to make sure they don't when they run in into teams with size, that that could give them a problem. If a team is able to slow it down, if can, a team is able to run the shot clock and slow them down, it could give them some trouble. Can they win the region? I think so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we they did it the last two consecutive years. Um, I mean, typically they, you're going to run into a Williamsport, maybe a Poolsville, one of those teams. Probably. Uh, probably I, I really think the whole class of the region this year, and, and good or bad, the way it got redistributed this year. Last year, Oakdale was up in the Carroll County section. And this year they're going to regions. And... Um, Oakdale got moved down, back down into the Frederick County, Washington County region with Williamsport. So in that, in that, the way they're doing it this year for the state tournament, Williamsport and Oakdale are going to meet, and I think they're they're the two class of of the of that region. There's there's no doubt. I mean, Williamsport, other than playing Oakdale twice has a great opportunity to go undefeated. They 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 have a, a, a young man by the name of Lincoln Ball who is a GW commit who is 6'5 guard has played point guard pretty much 
his whole career for them. He's an incredibly talented kid with great size. Again, another kid that's an incredible worker and just incredibly talented. So uh, they've got uh, a lot of motivation because Oakdale has knocked them out the last two years. And uh, two of the kids, a boy by the name of Caleb Bowers, who's a good player, along with Lincoln, have been on that team all those years. So they're, they're thinking this is our year finally. Uh, to be honest, I think they thought last year was their year. When we, when, we, when we played them last year in the first game at our place, it was our first game coming off a state championship football, football. game. And uh, people like Colin had only had two days of practice. And they thought that this was going to be their shot. Yeah. And Colin was a motivated man that night. <laughs> and um, that, that, that we kind of took care of business and we, we were able to take care of business at yeah, their you, place you too. You won that by 18, right? We did. We, we kind of really, I think they weren't expecting it. I think they expected us to be a little lethargic. And we really jumped on them. And our, our kids were really motivated and uh, really jumped on them. But they have a great team. And when we went to Williamsport, we again jumped on them. I think we were up 22 at one point there, and they actually cut the lead to four and made a game of it there. And then the um, the the region the regional game was nip and tuck. It was it was it was a good it was a really good basketball game. Again, Oakdale's strength is their depth, and that's just that's the case in high school basketball. If if you can go ten deep, you have to take advantage of it. Because most teams can't. And if you can get into their bench, there's an opportunity there to make some runs. And that's that, I think that, that was a difference maker f- even for us last year. That while, while Colin was the show, we had a lot of other kids surrounding him. And that, again, that's a difference. There's a lot of teams around here that can put together one, two good players. It's all about the role players and the kids that are willing to be the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth man and come in there and give you that boost of energy. They deserve as much credit as your leading scorer because it takes a lot to to go through the kind of practices some of these teams put their kids through and say, I'm going to play six, eight minutes a game but give it everything you've got for those six, eight minutes. And that, that makes the difference between good teams and bad teams. I mean, we play a lot of teams that have either equal and in sometimes I would say superior starting five. But in the years that I've been coaching with Coach Connolly and last year with Coach Long, it was those role players that were difference makers for the, us. The, the Jack McGackies, uh, those types of guys. Yeah, I mean they they you know they're they're very fortunate this year that they've got um, Cam and Kyler Dorner, two brothers. Cam's a great football player. Kyler, outstanding basketball player off the bench, likes to come off the bench. Uh, Bryant Palmer, who was a very good player at Catoctin, is coming into Oakdale and learning what. Oakdale basketball is all about. I think uh, the Middletown game, I think he had 18 points. And so he, he could really provide some great scoring punch off the bench for them. So that's the thing is Oakdale's depth is their strength. Their size is a bit of a weakness. But if they can get into other teams' benches, they, they could be really good. Now, I think, I think the team that come February that everybody, at least particularly on the 3A side, is going to have to deal with is Linganore. I think Linganore got off to a to a tough start because they had so many of their players coming off football. And it took them a little while longer to adjust between football and basketball. But they have a lot of talent. They've got some depth. They have size. 
They have skill. They, I, I they, think they threw February. away. They threw away a game against Middletown, though. Oh yeah, that they, 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 they actually they gave up twenty eight of the last thirty two points. Or, I actually watched that game. Yeah, and and that that's kind of a classic high school kid game, where things kind of cascaded in that fourth quarter, and you could almost see it in their body language. Couple shots didn't fall. They turned the ball over and kind of the thing where they got that big lead. And we always tell kids when you once you turn it, sh- switch it off. If a team makes a run, it's hard to switch it back on. Yeah, because their confidence is sky high. And if you, if you watch that game, you could see Middletown's bench, even when they finally cut it to like 10 or 12, they then knew. There's a lot. I mean, they had I think there was I looked at the clock and there was like six minutes to go. And all of a sudden it was 10. And Linganore's calling a timeout, and Middletown had all the momentum, and you could just see it. It's kind of classic how you know, you're dealing with 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, and it, it happens sometimes. And it, I think that's something about uh, Middletown. And, and I was wanted to mention this. In Frederick County, there are so many good coaches that you're going to get everybody's best shot every night, and teams don't quit. No, nobody, nobody in this county anyway, from Catoctin, Brunswick, Middletown, you are going to get their shot. And Coach Kymick does a great job at Middletown. Again, they may not be the deepest team, but they've got three kids that can play. Yeah, Walker, uh, who wasn't on the team last year, 6'5", athletic kid, great wide receiver on the football team, state championship football team. Uh, Reese Poffenbarger, Sailor's uh, uh, older brother, is playing uh, this year. Who sat out last year. Didn't play last year. Yep. So I was going to ask you how you look at Middletown. Are, are, are they, fr- I, Friday notwithstanding, are they a threat to Oakdale? And, I, and I think so. I mean, yeah. on any given night, they're a team that could jump up and beat anybody because, because of Poffenbarger, Walker, and then the fact that Jalen Husky was asked because they were thin last year. So he came up as a freshman, and by the end of the year, he was a starter. So he has an enormous amount of experience, and they they have some role players, which is all you can ask. You get three players like that, you need other guys to assume roles. And and again, they've got a great coaching staff, and they will have that. They've already. I mean, you think about a team that came from football and switched it to basketball really quickly – because yeah, they were dealing with the same thing Linganore was. Absolutely. They, and they came back and won that game against Linganore. Yeah, absolutely. So. Those those kids switched from one to the other very quickly. And uh, and particularly when you talk about that Brian Walker wasn't there last year. Reese did not play last year. So they only had a couple of practices to understand what Coach Kymig is trying to get across. Now, they had some summer league games that they played in, but – they they did not you know they didn't miss a beat and they're a team even in the I don't think the I, I didn't particularly think the Oakdale game was ever in doubt I thought Oakdale got out on them pretty early but they never quit and they actually cut it they got close to getting it under double digits there a couple of times but they don't quit and that's always been a facet of of Middletown Middletown teams is they they play hard but uh, Tuscarora has been a real I think. A surprise, I thought, because they they lost the the Davis kid and the Strickland kid. I thought they might take a step back. Took took Oakdale to overtime, right? They did, and and in all honesty, probably should have won the game. They missed two free throws with I think thirteen seconds to go in the game that probably would have would have iced it. I mean, they had a one point lead at the line, shooting two. 
it would have took a three then to tie it. But um, so, uh, you know, the, the kid missed both the free throws and Oakdale was fortunate enough to come down and, and hit the shot with about three seconds to go. And that was a great high school basketball game. That that It had a little bit of everything. There were some shot clock issues. There was, <laughs> so it had a little bit of everything. There was a good crowd there. But they're, they're, again, a good example of a team that took, lost two stars in, in, in Davis and Strickland, and now it's kind of scoring by committee. They got four kids scoring 10 points, which is, again, hard to defend. They're not, they're not particularly, I wouldn't say they're particularly tall, but they have a couple of good size kids who know what to do on the inside, and they've got some good guards. I, I, was, I was surprised when I saw Tuscarora that, that at the level they were playing, they defended, they defended really well. Uh, they look good. They, they, they look real good. How about Coach Mike Mathis and the Walkersville Lions? Um, Walker, Walkersville, again, they, they struggle with, with, their, with, their, with their depth. Um, but they, you know, Coach Mathis, well-known, tremendous girls basketball coach and has always been well-known as an as a X's and O's. Um, I would say Walkersville and Oakdale in Coach Connolly's days were known as teams that were always, we'd say, they're going to run stuff. They're going to make you play on defense because they're going to have 10 different sets that they will run offensively. And that's that's how Walkersville deals with sometimes not maybe being as talented as some of the other teams. They make you defend by running sets, and they know what they're know what they're doing, and uh, they 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 do a nice job. It'll be interesting to see they they've got some kids that have come up. It'll be interesting to see what they. It'll be very interesting in the county in February. Yeah, I and, mean T- Walkersville and Tuscarora played an overtime game too, I believe. They did. So, yeah. I, I think again, high school basketball in this county, it's any given night. You could, you could, if you're not ready to play, you could get beat, and um, that's that's always been the case. We've seen every year, even when some of the best teams have have stubbed their toe. It happens in this county night in and night out. Uh, you, you think about, we say, going on the road, and you only go five miles down the road. Right. But it's a different gym. It's a different atmosphere. We have, we're fortunate in just about all our high schools have great student support and crowd support. So it, it, it is different playing on the road. And um, there's, there's some, there's some good, good teams here that will get you if you're not ready to play. Right. Yeah, I sort of look at 2A. It's going to be Oakdale and, and Kid Middletown and Walkersville, challenge them. Uh, and then the 3A, it seems like who's going to emerge out of Frederick, Tuscarora, uh, Leganor. I mean, one, one of those teams is only one's going to get through. So Yeah, and, and you know, in the 3A, we always say that this is kind of the region of death. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing in football, too. Right. If you make it out of here in football, you're, you're a heck of a team. And that that's pretty much been been true for for several years now. With uh, there was the resurgent TJ with that that group of kids that played together, similar to what we had at Oakdale during our starting stretch when we had kids that played together for three four years. Um, that team they had last year had played together going back to middle school. So um, you, now I kid everybody's going after TJ because they've been right. TJ's been one of the more dominant teams in the 3A for the last couple of years. So I think I think that was part of the motivation the other night. Linganore kind of put it on TJ a little bit the other night. Linganore had 
been going through some tough times. They were ready to play, TJ and knocked, they were motivated. TJ knocked Lingenore out last year. Yeah, so uh, Lingenore was very motivated to to get after TJ for a lot of reasons. Well, TJ lost Bennett Commander. They lost J.R. Poe. They lost Richard Rivas, their uh, point guard. So they basically like, lost their entire five starting five. Right. I mean, they're 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 a, they're an example of 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 a rebuild this year. I will say this though, their JV team. It's is good. one of the best JV teams I've seen in a while. Um, they had they're coming up. Uh, the Monocacy Middle School team went undefeated last year and won the middle school championship. And they they have some that that middle school. You might you might I don't, I don't know how I, I didn't really pay attention to how many kids they have on their roster. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those JV kids coming up in late January February because there is some serious talent on that on that JV team. I I, I if those kids stay if if you never know. But if those kids stay in school, stay at TJ, TJ's going to be back. It won't be long because that, that, that's one of the best JV teams athletically, talent-wise, I've seen in a while. Yeah. I could talk to you about this all, <laughs> all, all night, Dean, but we've been babbling for about an hour here. So how, how does your wife, who you dragged to a high school basketball game on your second date, how does she feel about your reti- your retirement? Well, she uh, even today she was emailing me about flights to go to Florida and to travel because now, now she's, she's taking advantage of the opportunity that we're going to have some freedom to, to get out. And I think we talked about my son lives down in South Carolina, get down there and have an opportunity to visit him. My mom lives in Florida, get down and have an opportunity to visit my mom in Florida. Something we, for 13 years, like I said, when, when I'm in, I'm in. So I rarely took time off from the basketball court from November 15th. And fortunately for us, it was often mid-March. So, but does she understand that if you're traveling, then you can't be in the gym watching high school basketball games? Well, the beauty of technology today is that now that I'm pseudo-retired, I get to watch all the games on Huddle. Okay. There you go. So so, so you get your fix even when you're down in Florida on, on, on the beach or something like that. Or playing golf at uh, Kiowa Island where, you, where, where your son works or, or Beth Page Black where he did work. So... It sounds like uh, life is good uh, for you, even even in retirement here. It, it, so. it, it's pre- it's pretty good when you have when you have a secondary interest. I, I really enjoy golf, and I have a son in the golf industry, so I'm I'm very fortunate to get to have get you to met play any, some have, good you, golf. have you met any or played with any famous golfers? I haven't, I haven't really played with any any famous golfers. I guess I think I talked about this earlier. The most famous person I've played I played with Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, right. And, and, who you who you know, right? Yeah, yeah that was kind of like a like maybe a scene out of a movie where we were on the tee box putting guys in position. He was showing me offensive sets. And right. A lot of people laugh. What, but what, think what he that's, does you know, for like James Harden and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so. running, running sets that he runs for James Harden. But that, 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 that's, probably, that's the most famous person I've ever played golf with. Okay. Thanks for doing this. It was, it, it was fun. Uh, blast. I enjoyed it. And, 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 and we'll have you on again. Uh, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. It's going to be a, maybe come a great play, year. Maybe come playoff time we could break down. Because you, you know state basketball as well. I do. So, I do. There's, so you maybe could, we could you break know, down some brackets uh, with, ab- with you. Absolutely. It's, it's There's some, if you're not in Florida or playing golf somewhere or or uh, or enjoying the good life. So, uh, Dean Rose, uh, th- thanks for coming in. And I wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, last Final Score podcast for the new year. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to producer Graham Cullen. Uh, we will see you back here next week, uh, and I guess, to start 2020 here on the Final Four Podcast. See you, everyone.